All right, everybody, can we give God a big praise right now, our Heavenly Father? Can we lift up His name? Hallelujah. I will enter into your gates, Lord, with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise, and I will bless your name. So good to be in the house of the Lord today. Can you say amen? I want to give our men's committee a big hand. Thank all of you men. You know who you are for getting our gifts together and just doing a wonderful job. To all of our fathers, once again, we just say thank you for being fathers. Thank you for being, and some of you men that have maybe not fathered a child, you fathered a a brother or you have fathered a sister or you fathered a niece or a nephew. Thank you for that from the fullness of our hearts. I want to talk to you this morning about leaving a legacy. And I want to address you from my heart. Let's pray together. Father, for the next few minutes, would you just anoint our mind and our mouth? Now that we're here, help us to be here in our spirit, soul, and body to receive from your word. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful worship today. Thank you for everyone that is here. And now we pray, Lord, for the next few minutes, just anoint our minds and our mouth and help our hearts to receive. And everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. If you're an average American, you're going to live about 25,250 days. Now, if you live to your 70th birthday, you will spend 23 years of your life sleeping, 17 years working, 11 years playing and watching TV, six years traveling, six years eating, and one year going to church. So the question is this, men, women, ladies and gentlemen, what are we going to do with our life? We have three options. We can spend it, we can waste it, or we can invest it. And the greatest use of our life is to invest it in something that outlasts us. To invest our life into something that is bigger than us. That's called leaving a legacy. Whether we realize it or not, we are all leaving a legacy. And we need to make sure that it is a positive one. See, the reason why that I live for God, one of the reasons, is because my parents demonstrated what living for God looks like. The reason why I know how to pray, one of the reasons is because I saw my dad. Every Friday night, we had prayer meetings. And we were all asked to take an hour of prayer starting at 6 p.m. Friday night and go to 6 p.m. Saturday. And my dad, being the pastor of the church, felt like that he should take the hardest hours. And so I remember getting up 
every Friday night at 2 a.m. and many times not getting home till 4. And I would see my dad lay up on the stage and groan and travail in prayer. That's how I learned how to pray. I learned to be faithful to the house of God because it didn't matter if it was raining, sleeting, snowing, shining. It didn't matter. I never recall ever one time asking my parents, are we going to church? If it was Sunday in the Neyland house, we were going to church. I learned how to give faithfully and I learned how to serve by watching my mom and dad many times being the last people to eat because they were serving other people. I learned to give the first fruits of my life and my tithe and offerings because my mom and dad taught me that that is God's standard and it is his principles. And if I wanted to be blessed, then I couldn't do it my way. I had to do it God's way. And so it is because of Nelson and Joyce Neeland. It is because of my former pastor, the Fosses. It is because of a family named the Shockleys and Sister Faith that taught me piano. And too bad I didn't stay with it. It is Janet Nealon. It is a lady by the name of Janie Deshawn. It is a man named Gary Milligan. And it's been a host of my family and friends. That without them, there is literally, brothers and sisters, no telling where I would be today. And we're all here because of people before us that have left an imprint, an impact, and a legacy upon us. If you have been a part of this church for at least 35 years or longer, I want you to please stand this morning. If you have been a part of this church for 35 years or longer, would you stand? Please remain standing. Please. I just want to say to each and every one of you that I understand I walked on a stage that I didn't pay for. We have enjoyed beautiful buildings that I didn't invest in, but I'm here and enjoying AC and a building and a campus because you, for the last 35 years, have invested your hard-earned dollars into this house. And I just want to say how much I thank you for that. Would you remain standing? Now, if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to stand this morning. Now, if you want to see God's kingdom come and His will be done in this community and in southwest Louisiana, I want you to stand this morning. Now, if you're standing, I want you to point to yourself and I want you to say with me, I declare that I will live and leave a lasting legacy. Say it again. I will leave a legacy. You can be seated. When a person passes from this life, 
The mark that that person left on this world becomes their legacy. When I die, I know full well that the tabloids are not going to put my name on the front of the paper like they would when Michael Jackson passed or Prince passed or Lady Diana passed. My name will not be on the tabloids. But I hope, ladies and gentlemen, that I have made an impact on at least two or three people that will point to me and say, Pastor, something you said or the way you lived your life or something you modeled made an impact on me. I hope that that is the case. A person's legacy of accomplishments just is not the public rewards or the social status or position they've earned. Leaving a legacy for the next generation includes more than money or status. It also includes such things as overcoming adversity, raising emotionally healthy children, becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, Passing on the principles of God's word. And yes, being faithful in hard times. The Bible says in Revelation 3 and 22. To him who overcomes will I grant to sit with me on my throne. Do not misconstrue what I am about to say. I believe in the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But in this particular verse, it does not say, He that has spoke with tongues, and yet I believe that. But it does say, He that overcometh will I grant to sit with me on my throne. Here is my point. If you're going to leave a legacy, you're going to have to learn to overcome some things. Because there is going to be some tests and trials and opposition in your life. And just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that you have easy street. So I'm asking you the question, what brothers and sisters are you overcoming this morning? If you're going to leave a legacy, trust me, Satan is not going to leave your life uncontested. You are going to face some opposition. Leaving a lasting legacy means that you're going to have to learn how to overcome some bad habits. You're going to have to learn how to overcome some destructive cycles. You're going to have to learn how to overcome some old mindsets and authority figures and pastors and, and, and parents that told you one thing, but this word tells you another. Listen to me. If you're going to determine I'm going to be a Joshua and I'm going to be a Caleb and everybody else can say what they want to and I'm willing to bury some old friends not because I want to but because they chose that particular train of thought I have also chosen a train of thought and I have determined to give me my mountain and I'm willing to overcome this desert called a wilderness because I got my eye on a promised land brothers and sisters we have to learn how to overcome our fears. We have to learn how to step out on faith to fulfill our God-ordained purposes. 
because these kinds of decisions affect future generations. Some of you just stood, most of you stood a minute ago and you declared that you want to leave a, la- a lagging, pardon me, a lasting legacy, but you haven't really seen a positive legacy. And now you wonder, where do I begin? Let me share with you where you start. It starts with yourself. And it starts with what are your dreams? What kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? Do you want to be a person that breaks the cycle of divorce in your family? Brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. Janet and I didn't just stay married because we're perfect people. There were times I almost blew up my marriage. But you know what brought me back? Trey and Molly. And there were times that I was upset with Janet and she was upset with me. But I saw myself at 85 years of age sitting on a back porch holding my wife's hand, being true to her and her being true to me. And I keep going back to that and said, that can't be my legacy if I walk out now just because I'm upset or I'm mad. See, you got to start from the end and work back to the beginning. You got to make up in your mind what kind of legacy do I want to leave? Do I want to be the first one to earn a degree in my family? Do I want to be a generous person who leaves finances to my church and to my family? Do I want to be the person that leaves a good name of integrity? I had to recite three commandments every night before I went to bed. And then I had to recite this. A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver or gold. I don't know about you, but my precious mom and dad, there are times that I've wanted to maybe stray, but I could hear my dad praying and I could see my mom's example and it kind of helped me get back on that straight and narrow because they left a good name and I don't want to tarnish the good name that they left me. And that is a legacy that I want to pass down to Trey and Molly and Brooke. But you have to decide What are your dreams and what do you want? Do you want to be known as a worshiper? Do you want to be known as an encourager or a disciple? I could call some names real quick. I'm looking at men that encourage me almost on a weekly basis. They send me texts because I don't care if you're the pastor or the pope or the president. You all need encouragement. We all need an encourager in our life. Somebody to come alongside us and say, listen, I want you to know you're making an impact on my life. Thank you for the word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We all need somebody to be an encouragement in our life. What are you going to be known as? When you answer these questions, you'll know where to start. Here's what Isaiah 46 and 10 says. Declaring the end from the beginning. What are you saying, pastor? Here's what I'm saying. Decide how you want your life to end and you will know where to start. Thoughtless people don't care about the end 
of their life. None of us, brothers and sisters, know what tomorrow may hold. But we should be thinking about the legacy that we want to leave behind. Just since I've been in De Quincey, I average, on an average, of 10 to 12 funerals a year. Either I am ministering, praying, attending, but 10 to 12, that means I have been at least 120. That does not even count the 20 years I've been in ministry before I came here. So I have literally probably attended at least 300 or more funerals already in my life. And here's why I'm telling you that. In every single funeral that I have attended, there is a particular pattern that happens, and this is it. That person who is deceased is going to be described by one, two, or three words. And you're going to hear those one, two, or three words repeatedly. Whether that eulogy is 30 minutes or three hours, you're going to hear those continuous three words. I'm asking all of us today, what is going to be said about our life in five years, 10 years, or 20 years? How many people are going to be impacted by your life? How many people, brothers and sisters, are going to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference because you entered into their life and you made a difference? How many people are going to come to this house and attend this assembly because you were willing to forget yourself and serve others on a Sunday morning and on a Wednesday night and all through the week? How many more people are going to get to enjoy AC on a Sunday morning because you're willing to invest your hard-earned dollars? How many missionaries are we going to be able to put on the field because you are willing to maybe do without this so that we can invest in what is eternal? How many of you are going to be known as, you know what, I may drive something a little less so that I can lay up treasures on the other side where rust can't come in and moth can't destroy it because I want to leave a, la a legacy. In one or two words, what's your legacy going to be? Is it going to be godly or self-righteous? Is it going to be godly or judgmental? Are you going to be kind to others or because you've got the Holy Spirit, you know, and you've got this wonderful word? Are you going to lift up your nose to everybody else that don't look like you, dress like you, spit white like you, and are white like you? We need some more color in this church. We need some more black people in this church. We need some more Hispanic people in this assembly. We need some Asians in this church. I want this to be known as an all nations church. Not a white church, not a black church, not a Hispanic church, but God's church. God's people. Red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. In other words, are you going to be known as truthful or are you going to be known as a liar? Are you going to be known as faithful or will you be known as undependable? Don't ask them 
they never show up. Are you going to be known as loving or hateful? A disciple, are you going to isolate yourself? Are you going to be known as intentional or you're just uninvolved? You come, you sit, you soak, you sour. Are you going to be known as generous or will you be known as selfish? Will you be known as a compassionate person or will you allow life to harden you? Will you become known as you get older as a cynic and everything is are you will you be known as a person who life instead of making you hard has softened you will you be known as an overcomer or will you be known as a quitter will you be known as somebody that God has healed them or will you stew in your pain and self-pity over somebody who did you wrong or will you be known as an overcomer instead of one who has been overwhelmed by life? Will you be known as a victim or as a victor? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not minimizing anybody's pain. But if we had hours, everybody could walk up here and you could tell us something that went wrong. Somebody that lied on you. Somebody that abused you. Somebody that betrayed you. And I am not minimizing anyone's pain. I know what pain feels like but I also know that he that the son has set free is free indeed am I going to stew in yesterday or am I going to keep looking at tomorrow because I want to be an overcomer and I want to sit on God's throne with him am I going to be known as a giver or will I be known as strictly materialistic will I be known as a fulfilled life or will I live a wasted life? Will I give myself to my family? Or will I live as a recluse? Will I be consistent? Or will I be unpredictable? Will I serve on a Sunday morning when no one is looking with excellence? Or will I just be it doesn't matter and do it half-heartedly? See, we all want to be remembered for something. It's a universal desire. It's an eight in every person who has ever lived. We want to be known and remembered for something. We all want to leave a legacy. When I say the word Adolf Hitler, when I say the word Nelson Mandela, Jack the Ripper, Mother Teresa, Saddam Hussein, Abraham Lincoln, and Albert Einstein, even though we don't know these people, we immediately know what kind of effect they had upon this world. Some had a good effect. Some had a bad effect. Our name and our legacy will be reduced. Trust me on this after over 200 plus funerals. Your name is going to be reduced to one, two, three, at best five words. What is going to be said about you? When we die, we will have spent our life, wasted our life, or invested our life. And allow me as your pastor with all the love in my heart as I greet you this morning. I want to ask you a very important question. Are you spending your life? Are you investing your life? Please do not take offense at what I'm about to say. I have attended funerals that literally there were maybe only three, four, or five. And I have attended funerals of literally 
thousands of people. And here is what I have found. Those that are the most inward and selfish, many times very few people show up. But those who are encouragers, those who give themselves away, those who understand that they're not a selfish little clod asking life to make them happy, but instead of begging everybody to be their friend, they show their self-friendly and they give themselves away. Those are the funerals that have impacted the most people. I'm going to ask you a question. How often do you think about the way your life affects others? What are you doing today to leave a positive legacy? We must, ladies and gentlemen, start seeing the end of our life. Are we going to be known as people that walk by faith? Are we going to be known as people that are walking by sight? Because trust me, now more than ever, if you're walking by sight, you're, you're going to have very few good days. Come on, because the news is not positive. Things are not on the up and up. If you're going to walk by sight, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to be a person of fear and anxiety. But if you make a choice, I am going to be a person that walks by faith. Come hell, come high water, come sink or swim. I know that God has called me. He has ordained me. He has a purpose for my life. And I'm going to choose to praise him. I'm going to choose to encourage others. I'm going to choose to serve and give my life away. Are we going to be known as a disciplined person or just go by our feelings? Will circumstances control us? Good day, bad day, roller coaster Christian, or will we focus on our legacy? Brothers and sisters, make no mistake about it. We were all created for purpose. Everyone in here, Whomever you may be, you may think you're the least in the building. I'm going to tell you that the last shall be first and the first shall be last. And there are no little eyes and big U's. God doesn't have any grandchildren or stepchildren. He only has children. And he's got a purpose for you and you and you. And you have to decide what is my legacy going to be. We were created for purpose. How do I know that? Because Psalm 139 and 5 says this. He encourages us to know that His hand is upon us. Say that with me. God's hand is upon me. It's more fun when we all do it together. Say God's hand is upon me. You need to know that. You may have woke up this morning and not a chill ran down your spine and you didn't feel a goosebump. But I'm not walking by how I feel. I'm walking according to the Word of God. That's why when I woke up, I declared over myself, I'm blessed coming in and I'm blessed going out. God's favor is upon my life. I will forget myself and give myself to others. In other words, God created us to leave a godly legacy to the next generation. But it will require all of us to invest our life and in His service instead of spending it on our own agenda and pleasure. Every person in this room, make no mistake about it, brothers and sisters, you're either spending your life, wasting it, or you're investing your life and only invested people, only invested people leave 
a lasting legacy. Average people will spend their life and their resources. And above average people will invest their life and their resources. Average people are careless when sowing financial seeds. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'll do it whenever. But above average people will intentionally sow a seed to make a difference. Average people will not be driven by the gospel. It's something that they do out of duty. And this again is why I'm coming alongside this congregation to try to get us to move from a fear base to a love base. Because when you are in a fear base, it's all about duty. But when you are in a love base, it's all about delight. I come to church not because I need to check a box and say, you know what, I'm a good boy. I went to church on Sunday morning. No, it's way deeper than that. This is not something that I check off on Sunday morning. This is something I try to live 24-7. Why? Because at the end of my life, I wanted to have made an impact. The greatest legacy, brothers and sisters, Aaron, are you listening to me, son? The greatest legacy, son, that you can leave to Aaron and to Mandy is to be a man of integrity and to teach the word of God in your home on the firm foundation of one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. It is to be a man to do your best not to be up and down, but to be stable. I never saw a father that was here, there, and yonder. I saw a man walking, even in the difficult times of pastoring, walk to that pulpit and do his best to have a word from the Lord. We should strive, brothers and sisters, to leave our family a good inheritance. Here's what Proverbs 3, 13 and 3 says. It says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Janet and I right now are making decisions financially to leave Trey and Molly finances. We want to leave them as best as we can. But hear me, more than leaving them whatever we can leave them, we want to have left them the foundation of God's word. That the truth is what sets you free. And we want to leave, amen, some finances and a legacy, not only to Trey and Brooke and Molly, but if they were to have children, I want them to come and I want them to kiss Papa. Oh, yeah. Trey and Brooke, y'all need to get started on that. I'm, I'm ready. They said it don't matter if you're ready. We ain't. So you'll have to wait. I'm going to wait. But if the Lord tarries and that day comes, I want them crawling up in Papa's lap. Because Papa has left a legacy of being a man of integrity and staying with Sister Janet and not living a roller coaster life. Amen. But building my life upon the foundation of God's word. So listen, even more, Trey and Molly, Daddy and Mama do hope to leave you something financially. But if we're not able to, we should all strive to leave our family a godly inheritance. The greatest example that we have is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ showed us how to live in the 21st century. 
He showed us how to get along with others in times of racism and division and chaos and turmoil and pandemic. And here it is in 1 Peter 2 and 21. For God called you to do good. Oh, I could preach this morning a long time. I've already said it, but I'm going to say it again. It's one thing to wear long sleeves. It's another thing to get your heart in alignment to this word. Come on, somebody. That's the legacy that I'm talking about. Because God called us to do good even when your boss does you evil. God called us to do good even when we don't agree with one another. God called us to do good whether you wear a mask or you don't. You get the shot or you don't. You're white or you're black. God called us to do good even if it means suffering. Just as Jesus Christ suffered for us, He is our example and we must follow in His steps. He leaves, brothers and sisters, Jesus Christ leaves the greatest legacy ever known to mankind because He leaves a legacy of forgiveness. Now, I know we read through the pages and we skim it and we read it and many times it don't really dawn on us. But I'm going to tell you something. If your best friend in the world, when you needed them, denied you, yeah, that would mess you up. And Peter did exactly that. But I'm going to tell you something. Jesus didn't hold a grudge against Peter. He forgave him because that's his legacy. And you have to ask yourself, do I want a legacy of being a cynic? Do I want a legacy of being hard and cruel and grouchy and rough and brrr? Or do I want to leave a legacy of even though I had some people that treated me wrong, I'm not going to leave here bitter. I'm not going to leave broke, busted, or disgusted. I'm going to leave forgiving. I'm going to leave loving. I'm going to leave being compassionate. I'm going to have an anointed life. That's the kind of legacy that Jesus leaves us. He left us salvation when he really could have been aggravated and said, the way y'all treated me, I'll just leave you to it. But instead, he showed incredible self-control on the cross when everything in him wanted to scream for 72,000 angels. Here's the question, what kind of legacy, brothers and sisters, are we going to leave behind are you investing in what will last if you're not in covenant relationship with the lord i'm going to just tell you all you have to do is repent what is repentance pastor here it is it's a change of mind that produces a change of heart that produces a change of behavior it's changing from being relying on yourself to relying on Him. It's changing from doing your will and being self-determined and self-centered to saying, Lord, I'm willing to serve You. It's a change from a bitter heart to a forgiving heart. It's a change from addiction and lust and pride and allowing the Lord to set you free. How can I be set free, Pastor? How can I start a legacy? It starts with repentance and saying, God, I don't want my legacy to be anger. I don't want it to be bitterness. I don't want it to be jealousy. I don't want to be a drama mama. 
I want kindness and I want the love of God to flow out of my heart. Leaving a legacy, brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you something. You have to be intentional. Because you can say, well, my daddy was this way and bless God, you know, my grandpa was this way and this is just the way I am. But that's why God comes into our life. And this is why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're not strong enough to break old patterns and destructive mindsets. See, willpower alone is not enough. This is why we all need God's power to help us to become the people that we really want to be. Would you stand to your feet? If you haven't secured your name down in glory, guess what? It's not real hard. All you got to do is say, God, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me, God. Take my old heart of stone and give me a heart of kindness. And take this heart of bitterness and God, give me a heart of love. That's all you got to do. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to pray over you right now. Father... In the name of Jesus, God, we just come to you this morning and Lord, we repent. We repent over our hardness of heart. We repent, God, for our unfaithfulness. We repent, Lord God, for, Lord, old mindsets and destructive cycles in our life. We repent. And we ask you, God, to forgive us Because we want to leave a legacy. We want to leave, God, a legacy that will impact other people and their lives for the good. We want to be known as encouragers and people of excellence and compassionate people and loving people. Kind and generous and givers. Help us to think about it. Now all over this building, I've prayed for you. Now all over this building, would you start praying? And would you start asking God to help us? Father, help us to be the people. Come on, would you open your mouth and open your heart? And would you start praying now? Father, would you help us to be the people, God, that you want us to be? Help me and Janet, Lord, to leave a legacy for Trey and Brooke and Molly, for our grandchildren for this church in the name of Jesus how many want to leave a legacy let me see your hand how many want your name written down in glory let me see your hand come on if that's who you are if that's really what you mean then I want you to step out of that pew I'm not going to put you on blast I just want you to come And I want you to say, God, with your help, I'm going to leave a lasting legacy, God.
All right, for everyone that's in the building, just want to give you a heads up. We're going to be dedicating Jasper Heyman. So if you want to be a part of that, you're welcome, more than welcome to be. If not, then we understand that as well. I need uh, Matthew. Matthew, I need you to run upstairs and tell Sister Janet that I'm, we're fixing to dedicate this precious baby. And I need her ASAP, please. Okay? Here's why, just to give everybody a heads up, here's why we do it at the end of service. Because, again, I've been in ministry for 30 years, and mama dresses the baby up, and the baby never screams, but get ready to dedicate the baby, and the baby goes crazy, right? And then everybody's up on stage, and the baby's going crazy, and people that are not used to, you know, being in this church, now they're all nervous, mama's nervous, can't get the baby to shut up, she's a wreck, and everybody's freaking out, and oh my God! So I was like, "Mm mm-mm, we ain't doing that no more. We're going to do it at the end. Oh no, I didn't forget no, I said, we're going to do it. We do it at the end. So that way y'all are all calm. And if the baby's going crazy, it's okay. Right? Don't matter. It's all good. It's just us. Okay? That's why we do it. I did have a great conversation with Morgan and Taryn the other day. And am I saying it right, Taryn? And just had a great conversation. So I'm not here to preach to them because I already kind of preached to them the other day. <laughs> they got preached to the other day. They came in expecting one thing and probably got another <laughs> But, uh, you know, it was good. It was good. So we're just, we're honored. And, and I, I, I hear that uh, little man there, Jasper, was a preemie. And he was about two pounds. And, hey, I held a baby in my hand. I literally held a child in my hand. Troy Monso and, and his wife, uh, he, was, he was two pounds. And um, Cade is his name. And now he's a big, healthy Boy, you'd never know he was a preemie. So it's amazing. It's amazing what God and some good doctors can do. And so for that, we're grateful. I want my sweet honey to come up here, baby, if you will. Okay. You can just sit right there, but I just want you to be. So, yo, this is my wife, Janet. And the reason why she's not all dressed up, because she does children's ministry. And I can't thank her enough. And if the Lord tarries and Jasper starts coming to Sunday school, Sister Janet will be a big part of his life on Sunday morning. So that's exciting. So I know y'all have things to do, places to go, people to see. So we're going to get on with this. So all of the family members, family, friends, relatives, thank you. I know that Morgan and Taryn really appreciate you taking your time out to come and be a part of this service. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus looked and he said, Suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. Why is he saying that? Well, because as we get older, we can get cynical. And as we get older, we can become hard-hearted. And as we get older, we can lose our faith. Whereas a child, if you put that child, if you put a child on the stage, it's two or three, you tell them to jump, they just jump. They just think you're going to catch them, right? And so as we get older, if we're not intentional, we can begin to lose that. So God was saying, remember, this is how I want you to live your life. And this is the kind of people that's going to enter into heaven. So what does it mean when we give our child back to God? What are you guys really doing? Well, number one, what it means, it's a confirmation of your love for God. That's what it means. It means that you love God, and I appreciate that. When you give your child back to the Lord, you're saying you love God and that you want to give God your first fruits. Okay? 
Janet and I did this. So many people do this because we, we want the Lord to know, God, we're thankful for the, for the fruit of this womb, but we're going to give back our first fruits to you, and we want your favor to rest upon them. Here's the second thing that it is, Taryn and Morgan. It's clarity of ownership. Yes, you two came together and produced a miracle, but it's God that gives life. Can I get a witness? I feel like preaching right now. Second service. Y'all ready for second service? All right, we won't take an offering. We'll just have a second service. But you are saying that you understand this is God's, this is God. God is the one who gave it life. And it's a, it's a clarification of ownership, okay? And it is a clarification that you are going to do your best to raise Jasper God's way. So whatever you want for him, it's like I preached this morning. Whatever you want for him, you model it. Because more is caught than taught. I learned how to be faithful because I watched faithful parents. Whatever you want, y'all just trust me on this one. I haven't learned a lot, but I learned a little. Whatever you want, you example that in front of that baby. You model it in front of him. Because guess what? You're going to mold this child into what you want it to be. Third, giving Jasper to God is claiming God's plan and promises and purposes for his life. Okay? Already, I know this may just blow your mind, but already there's gifts, abilities, talents. It's already in him. It's just like in the seed. When the seed was fertilized by that egg, the two ears, the two eyes, the nose, it was all there. But it just took nine months to develop. Now it's going to take years to develop. But guess what? When you start spotting that, Taryn, I'm, on, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't mean to preach to you. I love you, dude, but I'm going to preach to you. When you start seeing those gifts come out in him, you acknowledge that. Jasper, I notice you're good at this. Okay? Yes, he does have a good name, right? But you're going to see some things. He's going to be good at some stuff. And it's just going to kind of come natural for him. When you see that, Morgan, highlight it. More, and then say, hey, I see this in you, Jasper. You're going to be great. You're going to do great things for God, okay? So here's, here's the deal. Jasper is blessed by y'all's obedience, and he's hurt by your disobedience. You stack the odds in his favor for or against him by the way you live. The Bible says that it is our privilege to train up a child in the way that he should go. Amen? So God has a purpose for Jasper's life. And to find that purpose and to live it out fully is called success. Jasper will not know until he's much older the blessing that he has by being born into a good family. He's going to take a lot of things for granted because he's going to have it really good. But as he gets older... Taryn, listen to me, son. I know you and I don't know each other well, but listen to me. Now that I'm older, son, I really appreciate my dad not having a revolving door in his bedroom. And my mama not having a revolving door in hers. You know what I'm talking about without getting too specific? Yes. I'm appreciating not seeing my mom or my dad strung out on whatever, but lived a life in front of me. I didn't get it at 12. But I got it at 30. I got it at 40. And I appreciate it now more than ever at almost 55. That's your responsibility. Your two. And your privilege to guide him in such a way that he will make the will of God. 
the greatest ambition of his life. And that's a calling as a parent that we give ourselves to. So I instruct you now as I wrap this up as a father and a mother to teach him the ways of the Lord. My daddy made me recite three commandments every night. He made me recite a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Taryn, Morgan, this child is only going to know the Bible that you put in him. Put the word in him. You've got a good heritage here. Put it in Jasper so he can live out that legacy and carry on that good name. Do your best to shape his life by the way you live. And then at a proper age, it is our hope that he'll come to an open confession of Jesus Christ. Repent of his sins and be baptized in his name and be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's all stand together, please. Baby, would you help me, Janet? So Taryn, Morgan, I want you to come up front, please. I want you to stand before us. We do this because it was modeled in the Old Testament when Hannah came and she brought the prophet Samuel to the temple and she gave him back to the Lord. Janet, I'm going to get on Taryn's side and you're going to get on Morgan's side and we're going to put our hands upon them. And let's pray. If you're a believer here, would you just stretch forth your hands and let's agree right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come, Lord, to the, these parents of Taryn and Morgan, Lord, wanting to raise God Jasper in the fear and the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Father, I pray that you would help them to model your principles. And I pray, God, just as Lord Samuel was received by you, so will Jasper, Lord, be received this day by you. May God, he love you. May he love your house. May he love your people. May he love your word. And may all the days of his life, God, be blessed in the name of the Lord. May he not, Lord, love the world, neither the things that are in the world, but may he give himself totally and completely to Christ and your purposes. God, we dedicate little Jasper back to you. In Jesus' mighty name. And all the believers say amen. amen. All right, can I have Jasper for a minute? You think you'll come to me? Look at him. Do you love pastor? You think he's a good preacher? Yes. Okay, we're going to keep you around. Y'all give Jasper a big hand. Amen. Go Jasper. Is that precious? That is precious. Look at him. He's looking at his fan. So He's pretty content. He's pretty chill. He's pretty content. All right. Well, it's going to be a privilege, buddy, to have you in TPC. So beautiful. Well, love all of y'all. Thank y'all for being here. For Morgan and Karen, thank all of you for staying a little while longer. We do appreciate it. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Amen. Well... Hey, the blessing is I get to hug the baby, kiss the baby, and give the baby back. Now you get to buy the formula and the diapers because we've already done it twice. All right, baby, you present this to Morgan so if this you would. A Bible that we give to all of our children, just okay. the first Bible. And mm -hmm. We pray that you read it to him out loud, that both of you together read okay. it to him out loud. Put the word of God in.
We love y'all. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you. Y'all can be y'all can be dismissed or come take pictures or whatever you want to do. Thank you, baby.